0: Hi there. No, sorry, I <laughs> was terrible. Hi there and welcome to where's my freaking dressing room a podcast where we discuss the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage i'm helen
1: and i'm alex
0: and today we are going to tackle the topic of the a portfolio career oh
1: sounds fun please yeah. tell me more helen <laughs>
0: um we think this is something that's actually quite prevalent now because of coronavirus The arts is quite an unstable career choice. And I think prior to COVID, there was quite a tricky attitude that would kind of feel like, oh, you know, if you have other jobs going on alongside your creative job, you know, you're not really fully committed Mm -hmm. to working in the arts. But I think in part what coronavirus has shown us and in a way exacerbated is that actually we do need portfolio careers in order to survive. Because at the end of the day, especially now, the arts is unstable and so to continue to make music to continue to have your career in the arts you need other things alongside Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. so um today we thought we'd have a little bit of a chat about our portfolio careers Alex is going to talk about how he's built his I'm going to talk about how I've built mine we're going to discuss how we both feel there's benefit to having a portfolio career because you are able to make your own decisions and create your own work I think often as artists, we're at the mercy of of casting directors and auditions, but in having a portfolio career, you are able to make some of those decisions and you are then able to keep some of the control. Uh, What else are we going to talk about, Alex? What
1: else, indeed. (laughs) Um, I think we'll talk about how, you know, finding, finding other jobs to work alongside your singing profession, which really... It's not something that you fall into by accident. It's something that you've chosen to do because it really fits with your personality and what you enjoy doing. And being proud of those things as well uh, so that you can say, yes, you know, I'm I'm a singer. I'm also this. I'm also that. And, you know, these things all work together because this is my personality and this is what I want to show to the world. And then finally, I think we'll talk about where, you know, where where's the line? Yeah. You know, so, so many people have jobs which they just don't talk about yeah. because they're embarrassed for some reason or, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound good with, a, you know, singer, artist, yeah. lawyer, yeah. you know, whatever it is. So, yeah, we'll have a little chitty chat about yeah, that. I absolutely. think as well. Um I think the most obvious place to start is with me because <laughs> I'm more interesting <laughs> of the two of us. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> <There you laughs> something that I have done... Ever since uh, moving back to London and starting my training as a singer, has been teaching and tutoring. I'm not really sure initially why uh, I, I signed up to all these platforms and started doing it, but I'm very glad that I did because uh, it's it, well. Obviously, it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really not the, the lamest roller coaster in the world. But you know, there have been ups and downs. But I do really love it. I I, I enjoy it a lot. You know, my my first two clients were the were the best. Um, <laughs> I had one five year old French kid to whom I taught piano. I mean, taught is a strong <laughs> word. And then I had a seven year old, and we were doing. Verbal reasoning or non-verbal reasoning? I can't really remember. A seven-year-old. Yeah, so boring for wow. both of us. But um, they were two such opposites because the little French kid, I mean, I was literally like chasing him around the house, trying to get him to sit down at that <laughs> piano. And then eventually he would like start whacking the piano with his fists and it's like, yeah, I've nailed this. <laughs> so, And then the other kid was, he was so quiet and well-behaved yeah. and... The lessons were so boring. Um, you like a troublemaker. Well, that's the thing, and I was like, I should have enjoyed the obedient child, the obedient child more, but I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and once I'd conquered that little five-year-old French boy, I felt so happy. And then when he started behaving, I was like, Oh, this is boring now. But you know, <laughs> so I don't know. It's been it's been something that I've I've really built up. alongside my singing and I've always made sure I've had it there and never let it go just because it's it's been steady Mm -hmm. and I can rely on it and I know that you know when school exams come up I know that there'll be a slight increase of work and then there'll be a dearth of tutoring over summer but summer contracts for singing are you know prevalent. So so it's worked really well together and I'm glad to have had that always working alongside. Yeah absolutely
0: and even like do you know what I mean it's one of those things that during the pandemic it's still there you still can rely on it it hasn't dropped away. Oh yes
1: Uh, that is what I am most grateful for because you know it's kept me really busy Mm -hmm. during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and also since since Covid started I've also finally been able to launched my life coaching website and everything um which yeah that's been something I've always wanted to do and now now I finally had the chance to do it helping singers with you know navigating life and things so yeah it's been a really good opportunity to realize as a person I've always wanted to, you know, do more than just have a little sing song every now and then. <laughs> what I'm about to say, ignore. There's a reason I've been put on this earth. And no, there's not. That's a, that's rubbish. But as in, you know, I have a, a voice, not just my singing voice. I have opinions that I want to share yes. and various ways I want to do that. Yes. And I've realised, especially during this time, that it's not just by singing yeah, that yeah. I want to express those opinions. So
0: and I think those three elements of you there you know you've got tutoring you've got the the singing career and the life coaching they all well they all feed into one another you know they're not three wildly remote entities that don't overlap I'm sure perhaps how you work in your life coaching might affect how you tutor and then you know if you're working with these people on various I don't know like musical things that might influence the way that you play do you know what I mean they've they play wow the way that you (laughs) sing but there's they all have, have influence on one another. They all support one another in a way.
1: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Helen should be my marketing manager. That <laughs> should be great. Um yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's really changed the way I interact with other people actually. Yeah. And from you know, when you're teaching and tutoring, you come across these kids or adults, they're stumbling On things that I wouldn't necessarily stumble on and then they really excel in other parts which I really struggle with so (laughs) you know helping them work things out has really changed how I now work with singers because everyone has their strengths and weaknesses and I think before it was like well you know if you're not good enough, then then you shouldn't be here doing the job, should you? <laughs> but, yeah. you know, everyone has their strengths to bring to the table and play to those strengths and, you know, work out a way to really highlight them mm-hmm. rather than kind of like throwing them under the bus, mm-hmm. which is what I did before, maybe. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Um, not sorry. Um, sorry, old colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> and also during this COVID time, I've had a chance to really as I said, you know, work out what it is that I really want to do and say and what what are my core values and what's important to me. And I think the reason why I enjoy the tutoring so much and why I finally got the life coaching off the ground was because I've always been attracted to people who inspire me for whatever reason. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. <Not home. laughs> I remember as a kid, you know, uh, my parents' friends... Uh, who came around for dinners or something you know the ones who gave me these like weird tidbits of information and things I really enjoyed when they came around if I knew they were coming I would try to like read up on something to impress them
0: wow cool what a nerd
1: (laughs) I know so so many friends as a kid (laughs) they inspired me to read more and do this so you know, if, if there's any way that I could be a similar source of inspiration Aww. for whoever else. But that yeah, that I've realized that that's why I I enjoy all the things that I do, all the yeah. tutoring, because I am being, you know, maybe a very boring source of inspiration for some of the kids. But you know, at least I am trying to to provide them with that sort of figure that I really enjoyed when I was younger and still enjoy. So, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I love that.
1: And now on to Helen.
0: You're... My portfolio career, I suppose, kind of almost works the other way around to Alex's. You know, Alex kind of began with with singing and then built this kind of tutoring and, and life coaching almost around that and on top of that. Whereas uh, for me, um, if you've listened to some of our previous episodes, you'll know that I suffered quite a bad injury when I was about nineteen twenty, And that really changed the course of my career in those in those early years and so yeah after I graduated I went straight into arts administration the sweet life <laughs> um I'm glad that I did it because I learned so much and I learned so many skills and all of those skills are incredibly adaptable in terms of you know event management and organization and and marketing and fundraising they're, they're all particularly in this field of the arts they're all skills that I think actually everybody ends up needing but my goodness they were a tough three years it was long hours it was hard work it was very thankless well yeah if I'm honest doing it full-time made me realize I didn't want to do it full-time so kind of after three years of doing full-time arts admin I went part-time in order to kind of essentially start to facilitate my singing so it was about half and half I would be singing various Sunday services and various kind of choral and ensemble concerts and alongside that I do maybe two or three days of administration per week and now we're at a position where well yeah essentially I'm doing a full-time master's in performance but alongside that I'm a freelance administrator so you know kind of one day a week I work for um, an organization and I help them with their marketing and fundraising so for me I think it was you know Art administration initially was like a means to an end. It was it was helping keep me afloat, um, particularly at a time when all I really wanted to do was sing, but I couldn't. But actually, the skills that I learned from those three years have now helped me facilitate almost everything. I do, mm. uh, you know, in terms of getting this podcast off the ground, in terms of being able to facilitate my master's degree, i.e. pay the fees. I've been able to use my administration skills to kind of keep all of that going. And, you know, kind of as Alex was saying, it's stable. Mm. You know, it's regular work. I know it's there. I still am able to do it during this pandemic. And so it, it becomes a source of support. But, you know, it's not, I mean, we'll come on to this later, but it's important to me that my job isn't just the side job it's Mm, not just mm, the mm. the bland bit that i'm doing in order to keep singing for me actually arts admin is is really important because in terms of how things are going to happen a lot of the creative decisions are made in in that kind of arts admin world and i'm interested by that and in terms of bringing this podcast together i we couldn't have done it i don't think without having those certain skills and knowing how to talk to people and work with people and, you know, find the necessary kind of structural and financial support in that respect as well. So yeah, kind of has the, I think the point I'm trying to ram home here is, um, all of the things that I do now kind of feed one into the other. You know, I, I started with this admin. I was then able to develop my singing, those two things sat side by side. And now I'm actually able to use both of those skills. And, uh, we've started bringing this podcast out mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I'm very grateful actually to that full time job for, for giving me the skills to be able to be in this position. Oh, yeah. Like
1: you, you wrote business plans, um, yeah. graphs showing, I like, don't you know, finances. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, pretty color. It's well done, Helen.
0: <laughs> I never really thought of myself as being like a a self-employed business person if that makes sense and i know that as freelance musicians that is what we are but i don't think we ever really feel like that because it's like well i i just want to make music and i Mm -hmm, send mm invoices i think that's about the extent of it but you know having had time to work on the podcast specifically the idea of how we might grow it where we might go who we might partner with and you have to start thinking financially how that's going to work and um yeah you know again in terms of getting kind of support to have that support from britain peers and things mm. there are the skills that my administration experience allows me to bring to the table so um i'm pleased to be in this position now where i feel all these elements kind of naturally complement one another you know i think if you'd asked me seven years ago or something i'd have told you Arts suddenly was like the worst yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but actually you know i I respect so much everybody that works in that field because, my goodness, it's so difficult and I'm grateful for the
1: time. Well, a a quick shout-out to arts admin people, I think. It's like you can really tell those arts admin people who are maybe performers themselves or have been in the past or whatever because they really understand how annoying and difficult performers can be, but they're not, you know, they kind of roll with it. And, and they make things work incredibly, I don't know, they magic, how they do it. And, yeah. you know, they, they cater for everyone and all their specific needs. Yeah. It's mental.
0: Yeah. I have so much respect and admiration for people that do that job well, mm-hmm. because that is a tough job. And you've, you've got to be spinning a thousand plates at once and just doing it all with a smile on your face. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the feat, definitely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think kind of just leading on from that, you know, that element of how all these things have come together and allowed us to make this podcast, something that we wanted to talk about in this episode is I think how a portfolio career allows us as artists the opportunity to create and make our own work. And I think in a career where we're often at the mercy, as I said before, of, of casting directors and of you know whether the audition is successful or whether the application is successful, after a while, I think it can feel a touch demoralizing because let's be honest, there's so many people going for the same opportunities The the competition is so mm. tough. So it's not necessarily that you're not, you know, credible and that you're not worth the position. It's just, there might just be somebody that, that touched better or more experienced or, you know, whatever it is. So I think something Alex and I in particular enjoyed about bringing this podcast together is we have full control over how the podcast works. We have full control over the website of when the episodes go out of who we're talking to of what we're thinking about and for me personally I've really enjoyed yeah having creative control mm. over something and I I think I'd said that to you before I I didn't realize how much I wanted that and then when we started building this thing together I was like oh my gosh I really enjoy kind of being at the helm of a project and because of the nature of our careers we have multiple things going on we're able to find the necessary time and resources to kind of bring together something that I think we're we're proud of and that we respect and
1: also I don't know in a sense it seems a bit counterintuitive that if if you're trying to be a singer then if you do other things that aren't singer singer singery things then you know you're taking time away from your singing career so therefore you're not giving it your all but actually by by setting aside time to do other jobs yeah. which are equally important to you uh, and you know provide a base level of stability and control yeah. then you have far more control and say over your singing career because you're not totally at the behest of yeah. whoever and whatever you might get and, and you can say no to things yeah. that, that aren't suitable for you and you can really streamline what you are apply for yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than the mad panic you know well I have nothing coming up and my week and my month and my year is empty so I'm just gonna like scattergun apply for a thousand things yeah do them all half because I don't really have time and then you know get the one that I didn't really want or think about by doing other things you're giving yourself a whole lot more control
0: yeah absolutely. In your career,
1: which is kind of what we all need a little bit.
0: I think we're finding that we need that now more than ever, given that we've just spent the last year having no control whatsoever and doubly no control over our careers. So it's like, I, you know, I I feel I know so many wonderful singers and musicians that are not just singers and musicians. Mm. They, they have all these other things going on. And alongside their ability to perform work, they are also creating various bits and pieces and, and putting on their own productions and you know I I think it's funny because in a way if you create your own work you kind of create your own opportunities for yourself mm-hmm. to shine and that breeds you know a good public image and uh, you know a, an external interest in you and what you're doing so it's like how could me perhaps taking time from singing directly to create this opportunity how could that be a bad thing mm. you know if, if you're creating an opportunity for yourself to shine in a certain way because you know your own strengths for me that just seems like an
1: absolute no brainer and also you you could potentially be creating opportunities for other people by doing that as well yes. and it's just like this self-fulfilling prophecy no i don't mean that self-propagating i don't know what i mean the knock-on effect yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, and you know this idea of control if you take some time to reflect and find the things that you're passionate about the things that you want to say the things that you want to do then you can find things that suit you yeah you know that there are jobs available out there for everyone, and opportunities for everyone. Thank and you, Boris Johnson. I know, build back better. <laughs> you know, so so find them. Well, you know, we've all had all of this time, so uh, hopefully you've all done that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's something that I've I've really made the most of. Yeah, all of this yeah. time.
0: That's something I think we're both quite curious about. I think we've both been in environments where perhaps we've come to a rehearsal from our other job or you know we've arrived at something having done the second job or whatever and i think sometimes when you feel people's attitudes towards those jobs they can be a bit disparaging about oh right so it's your admin job oh i didn't oh right so okay
1: but that's why you're late yeah Hmm.
0: but you know it's like literally this part of my career is as important Mm. as me being at this rehearsal and doing this part of my my singing career and I know for some people, often they'll get a job to facilitate singing and perhaps then they don't enjoy that second job. I I often worry that that's slightly dangerous because, let's be honest, the reality of it is you will probably spend a substantial time doing whatever these other jobs are, Mm -hmm. particularly right now because work is difficult, work is sparse, work is competitive. So whatever this second job is, I suppose we're encouraging try and make it something that you're passionate about, something that you enjoy you know for for a year and a half i worked for a stroke support charity and they took actors into hospitals and they read to stroke survivors in order to improve their cognitive development I remember when I applied for the job, I thought it was a bit of a left field decision, but I I really enjoyed it. Mm. I enjoyed being there. I enjoyed meeting all these actors and all the work that they did. I enjoyed using a different part of my brain. I personally found that I sang better because, you know, it's just feeding different parts of myself. And because I enjoyed this admin job, I felt I enjoyed the singing more because I was Mm. like, oh, all the pieces of the puzzle fit together better. And I just think that versus taking a job you don't really like, but because you need it, It can be tricky because I think it's draining. And that's not fair. That's not fair on you as an artist. You deserve for every part of your career to be as equally fulfilling, I think.
1: I agree. And also, you know, I wish wish this had been something that was mentioned at Conservatoire. I really Uh, do. Because you know you were saying about if you're slightly late for rehearsals or something obviously you don't want to be late and that's not ideal but you know I really remember that at conservatoire if ever I was you know five minutes late for something or I had to leave early or you know the rehearsal was overrunning and I said I'm really sorry I've got to start packing you know it was supposed to finish at 5.30 it's now quarter to six I need to go there was such a yeah, they were really, yeah. really against that. And it's like, well, what do you expect me to do? Sorry. And it got to the stage where the the schedule would come out on Thursday for the next yeah. week. And you would have to obviously let the admin people know your when your lessons and things were the next week so that they could fit things around you. And I know they're trying to... Schedule as many classes as possible and give us the most of the degree. But you know, also I was trying to make the most of the degree. I can't make the most of the degree if I haven't got any finance to do that. So, you know, I ended up. I stopped saying to them, "Oh, I have tutoring there. I have this there." I would. I would lie. I'd be like, "I have an audition. Uh, I have the singing engagement," because they were willing to give me time off for that, but not for my. Other jobs.
0: Yeah. And it's it's weird, isn't it? Because you kind of, you look at the conservatoire model right now and it's like, it doesn't really work in this current situation, particularly financially. It is so expensive mm-hmm. to go to conservatoire. Now, yes, there might be people out there that can flat out afford it. And kudos to you, whoever you are. But for most people, I would say, especially because, you know, the master's loan that's given by the government barely even covers half the tuition fees. So it's like, okay, I need to find the rest of the tuition fees and all of my living costs for two years. So unsurprisingly, I'm going to need to work during this period of time. And I completely agree with you there on, on that kind of this, this schedule coming out like the Thursday for the Monday. Mm. And something that would frustrate me would be kind of, I I was reading all the paperwork for being a student at Trinity Laban, yeah, and one of the things was kind of like for in between term times. So let's say that's the 4th of January to the 26th of March, for example. Any of those weekdays during that period, we can call you at any time. How then do you schedule your work Mm. or anything else that you do and so you end up as you say with these conflicts where you're having to leave things early you're having to arrive to things late you're not being given enough warning to make your schedule work and um yeah i must say that's immensely frustrating And, and going forward you kind of hope that conservators will start to realize that it's really expensive yeah i understand literally as you say they're trying to offer you as much as possible but I do believe there's a way of doing that and giving enough advance warning that people can plan their weeks accordingly. I don't think it's idea. Yeah, for sure.
1: Advance warning and advice as well because I had no one to talk to about, you know, the other, my tutoring work and everything because... You know, it just felt so separate from from conservatoire life and everything. So, you know, if we if we had had sessions like how to manage your time and, you know, your portfolio career yeah. um, then I would have thought, okay, well maybe maybe I do need specific days where I just do singing, specific yeah. days where I just do teaching or something, you know, just to just to talk it through and find out what other people do and what other people have found works. But instead I didn't talk about my other things. Yeah. No one else did. Yeah. And you know, people people were taking these other jobs that would tire their voices. You know, if they yeah. do bar work or something like that, that's that's great obviously. But if it means that you're using your voice, yeah for an extra three, four hours in a loud environment, then maybe, maybe we consider.
0: Just to feed off what you're saying there, there's no kind of discussion of like, what your life will look like when you leave. It's just like, right, we've offered you two years of kind of flat education. Bye. It's over to you now. Mm-hmm. And often I think, you know, surely it would be sensible to have people coming and talking about how how they've built their careers. And again, this was something we touched on with, with Nico that idea that often we get these masterclasses with, you know, like uh, Roddy Williams or, or René Fleming or, you know, these these people that have become the greatest successes in our industry. But with every great success story comes luck. And often I just think, wouldn't it be helpful to talk to somebody that perhaps two steps up? on their career trajectory or midway on their career trajectory because wouldn't that give us more tangible advice we, we've had a couple of singers come and they've been absolutely fantastic but their understanding of the career is 40 to 50 years older now and so their advice I felt wasn't very practical mm-hmm. because agents aren't signing students fresh out of college unless they're like you know heading straight to Yetta Parker if you will you know that kind of thing it's not it's not common anymore so to To kind of discuss that as the route to singing success is, I know it was for for some people, but for the the most people, it's not actually that realistic. Yeah, as you were saying there, you you know, you didn't get the opportunity to talk about your other jobs. I think it's important that we rethink how we look at these other jobs. It's not a cop-out if you're doing another job alongside singing. You know, Power to you that you're trying to make it work that you're trying to facilitate the thing that you really love because it's hard it's really hard but for some reason we have this tendency to to not want to talk about it to not want to admit that we're not making all our money from singing but it's like at the end of the day that's pretty much impossible and I think that's a kind of false notion that we have in our head that the more successful we become in this career as a singer will just magically become financially stable but at the end of the day one contract for let's say six seven eight thousand pounds that's not gonna pay a year's rent or pay a year's mortgage so what what are we expected
1: to do also i remember i remember it makes me sound so old um (laughs) people would say like oh you know it's such a tiring weekend i had to travel for like five hours on the train and did this like terrible gig that i didn't really want to do and it was only paid like a 100 pounds and i only came back really late and then that like had a knock-on effect on the next day and i'm still exhausted from that but but somehow that is the right thing to do you are suffering for your art yes compared to me i would i would just turn down those things but you know i i never said that i never mentioned that to anyone because it's like that's a cop-out yeah. That you're not suffering in I don't know maybe it's that or something it was just it's odd yeah
0: you know. i I agree, and I again, topic that we're going to come on to in a future episode this this idea of boundaries for me just keeps coming up that that over the course of the pandemic, we've all had opportunity to consider what our working future might look like, and I think for you and I, there are things I won't do anymore, like mm-hmm. i don't yeah, as you say, I don't want to take. The hundred pound gig that I have to travel two and a half hours for for very unsatisfying music to come home really late to feel really tired the next day and be like although it was a gig yeah, <laughs> it no, is it's... something I could put in my diary I I am of the opinion that I can financially support myself in other ways and if the the gig or the offer doesn't do anything for me artistically or, or you know if it, if it, if it doesn't tick one of a few boxes then there's no there's no need. To do it. I was talking to somebody who who has quite an established alternative career to being a singer, but they said they openly would not talk about that career to other singers because they still need to appear Just as to a singer. It. And I, I tried to say to this person, I, how is that viable in this day and age, in 2021, when no nobody has work? So I, I suppose, you know, something that I hope in the future is that we start to become more accepting of the portfolio career i think we need to champion the portfolio career because otherwise where are our artists gonna come from you're right and and we often talk about the class divide that exists in classical music anyway and it's like if we don't champion the portfolio career the arts increasingly will become this thing that's only available to to those that can afford
1: it also i love talking to other musicians and hearing the other things that they're doing like there's only so much music chat you can do before it gets like really draining and boring, uh, and that's why you get, you know, singers who literally just chat about gigs they're doing, and you know, that's just so unhealthy. I think so it makes anyways.
0: them more real, doesn't it?
1: I totally agree. Yeah, I remember the last contract I did was clank. Um, <laughs> oh my god, contract! That's that nice. word. Um, I ended up getting the tube quite a lot with the same person. And therefore, we kind of opened up to each other. Nice. And it's like, oh, where are you going now? Oh, you're going to teach? Oh my God, me too. So we started chatting about yeah. that. But like in the rehearsal in front of everyone else, we didn't talk about that. It was yeah. really odd.
0: Yeah. Our final kind of consideration on this topic. I, I suppose as we were discussing it, we kind of kept saying like, where's the line? If that makes sense. Like what what is an unacceptable, I'm putting that in inverted commas, what is an unacceptable part of a portfolio career? You know, if, if somebody turns around to me and says they're a barista and they're a singer I don't know and they're a director uh, why am I judging that? Why am I judging the barista element of that? And I, I shouldn't be judging it at all but there is a part of your head that's like mm, okay mm-hmm. I see and really you know if they, if this person enjoys this job they're committed to the job and they make a damn good cappuccino why are we looking down on it? Like why do we look down on our noses at that kind of thing? And um, we're both quite keen to To ask more people in our industry to open up about these alternative parts of their career. You know, at the moment, I identify myself as like mezzo soprano and podcaster. And initially, I was like, oh, does that work? And actually, yeah. It doesn't. Uh, Thanks, (laughs) mate. I love you too. But like, they are the two parts of my identity. And Mm. if something else comes along, uh, you know, I'll pop that in there as well, I think. And you get so many people in kind of film that are like writer, director, producer when you actually think about it, those three skills are wildly different Mm. to be the writer, the director and the producer. But we, but we happily accept that. Yeah. When it comes to music and it's like, oh, I'm a mezzo soprano podcaster. I do some administration as well. It's like, right. Like, Let's
1: just talk about you being a thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's like, this is the package. And as we were saying before, I think all the things I do, they all influence one another. My work in arts admin affects how I program my singing. And then, you know, everything I do artistically influences what I come to talk about here on the podcast. Mm. So I'm more than happy to openly talk about every element of my career. And I, I think it's really crucial that we encourage others to do the same. Amazing. I think that kind of yeah sums up the old portfolio career there. Yeah, pretty well. We'd very much like to know your thoughts on this one. Um, I've actually spoken to quite a few people on this. It seems like quite a hot topic at the moment. People kind of talking about their other parts of their mm. career versus people perhaps hiding mm. other parts of their career. So um, if you have any thoughts on this, if... You're really open about all the various jobs that you do. Or if you're a singer, I think we'd love to hear from you. And mm. how do you financially make it work? Please yes, reveal yes. your secrets mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> yeah, you can get in touch with us uh, via a number of different methods. Uh, uh, should we start with our website? Yes, yes, yes we shall. It
1: is <laughs> com.
0: Fabulous. Um, we have an email address.
1: Which is room <laughs> <Thanks>. at gmail.com. <laughs>
0: We also have social media. We are on Facebook forward slash dressing room pod. Instagram at dressing room pod. And we're on Twitter at dressing room P-O-1.
1: Subscribe, leave a five star review. uh, Do all those nice things. You know, we love it. Yeah.
0: Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back with another episode again soon. Bye. Bye.